He's in the room. The, the good news is you don't have to wait to get to this room because he's in the room of your heart. And whatever you need, you have access. Whatever you need. What's so awesome about God, you don't even have to ask him for it because he knows what you need. All you have to all you have to do is surrender, and then you automatically have everything you need. That surrendering breaks the dam for the flow. <laughs> do you know? Sometimes we stop the flow of God because we won't surrender everything to Him, so the dam is not broke because you in the way. You've been blaming everybody else. And while you were pointing over there, three fingers was pointing back at you, said, just surrender. Just surrender. So the grace of God can manifest in your life. There, this is the final teaching this month on, on grace. Those of you that have been enjoying this teaching has been changing your life. Give God a praise for it. <laughs> All right. Let's read the word of God together as it relates to grace. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an, an abundance of every good work. Go ahead and give somebody a high five and say, you got it all. That's right. You don't, you don't got to petition for it. You don't got to beg God for it. You already got it. And as I was looking at all that we have, I looked at the word of God and God uses the word and he uses um, the, the fire and call it the word. He, he uses the wind. He, he uses the water. The water is the word of God. And I looked at the, the beavers and they'll make a dam and the water will get held up and areas get dried up because the dam is holding back the, the waters to flow. And sometimes we hold back the waters to flow in our life, the word of God, the word to flow in our life because a dam has been there. But today, Lord, the Lord said, I'm breaking every dam that has been preventing the flow. Here's the news. God has been waiting on some of you to surrender. Those who you who don't surrender, he will bring you to surrender. 
So you surrendering one way? Yeah, that's how much God loves you. All right, um, I want to read two passages of text, and then I want to talk to you for a few moments um, because I'm, I'm believing that this word is going to propel us into next month. Um, this is the last teaching this month on grace. Next month, God told me to talk about purpose and choice, Okay. He gave us two words for next month. All right. He's setting you up by letting you know that you already have it all. Okay. And the next thing next month, we're going to talk about purpose. The thing about God is God has to get you ready for purpose. And some of us think we are already ready. And you ought not to think of yourself too highly. I'm preaching to me right now. And so, and so this, this message today, two parts going to come from Luke chapter four, and then the main text is going to come from second Corinthians chapter 12. So if you would turn to Luke chapter four, verse one, I'm going to read 13 verses, and then we're going to skip over the second um, Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. I'm going to read four verses. Um, first Luke chapter four, verse number one, Luke chapter four, verse Number one, this is coming from the physician, Dr. Luke. Some of you like to go to the hospital to get a prescription. God has brought you to his hospital to give you one today. But I'm here to tell you that this prescription will work better than every pharmacy out there. There's no healing like Jesus can heal. When you get there, shout amen. amen. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. While they're still turning the pages, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you are giving us to feast at your table. Only you, God, only you gave us grace to make it here today. So thank you, God. For your abounding grace. We declare that we do have all sufficiency through you. We know, Father, that you've set up a system of grace. So that we would always have all that we need for everything. And it would abound for every good work. So, Father, thank you. Now, Lord, as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, come, feed us, preach to us, teach us, and then sow your word, sow in us, that it would manifest and bring us into a greater likeness of who you are. Lord, we thank you, and Father, we thank you. For your son, Jesus. It is by that name we pray. And we ask you, Lord. That you would 
help me as a vessel. Decrease the spirit of Felix that your spirit may be exalted today so that after when all is said and done, you and you alone will be glorified. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number one of the fourth chapter of Luke. It reads, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I got to read that again. Let's read it slow. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. See, most of us thought Jesus got tempted after he came out of the wilderness. But the Bible says that while he was in the wilderness, the devil did not leave him alone. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, read it with me, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Amen. Oh, so the devil came after his flesh. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a, in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. The devil was set tripping. Because he did not have any wisdom to realize that he was talking to the son of God. I want you to know right now the devil is set tripping every time he starts talking to you. Because he does not realize that you are joint heirs with Christ now. That you are a child of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, 
You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Read that again. Read it with me. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? That's it. Verse number nine. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now the devil is going to try to use the word of God. To the word of God. For it is written, he shall give the angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said. Let's read it together. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now get this. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. It said, Jesus Stood on the word and was the word, avoiding the temptation of his flesh as it relates to his physical need, avoiding the temptation of his flesh as it related to being tempted by a spiritual realm in his soulish realm, and then avoiding the temptation of his flesh as it related to a figurative opposition against God's will. Jesus stood there and the devil left. He resisted him and the devil left. The Bible says just because he left, it don't mean he's not coming back. He said he's coming back at an opportune time. That is whenever God allows him the opportunity to come back to you. So don't trip when he comes back. God is up to something. Because God will raise you up after he leads you to a wilderness. You need to get this because Jesus had just came from the Jordan. Verse one says the Jordan is the place of promise. God promised you. That he wouldn't pour, put more on you than you could bear. God promised you that he would raise you up. Now you're going to have to understand that in order for God to raise you up, there has to be a wilderness. The Bible says the spirit led him into the wilderness. Here's some breaking news. In order for God to raise you up, you are going to encounter some devils. 
Now let's turn to the good news. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. <laughs> Can you put verse number one? I'm going to read verse number one first. And then we'll go to seven. Verse number one, it says, Paul writes this, Paul writes, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. In other words, Paul said, God is going to show me things. But it's not going to make me more than you. And in other words, spiritual maturity does not make any believer more more valuable than the next believer. Says he he says, I'm not going to get caught up in all that God is showing me to make me think that I'm better than you. And then I'm not going to cover all that. Let's skip down to verse seven. And then he says, at least I should be exalted above measure. By the abundance of revelation, he says, in order for me not to get a big head and think myself to be better because of the revelation of God. Let me share something with you. God is releasing revelation to you and don't ever think you're better than anybody else because he's going to bring a whole lot of folks in your life. That's going to need the grace that he's been giving you to get you to the point that you are right now. So he said, he says, lost my play he said at least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation then he says a thorn in the flesh was given to me I saw a picture of Jesus receiving the same thorn when he was in the wilderness oh goodness then he says a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I be exalted above measure. He said, he says, God has given me uh, a thorn in my flesh from a messenger of Satan to hurt me so that I don't think that I'm better than nobody else. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. How many times did Satan tempt Jesus? Three times. My great and the Lord, listen, and and he said to me, and the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. I'd rather boast in my hurts that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my affirmities. 
in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, if I don't give you nothing else, my grace is enough. And that's what I want to use for a topic today. God's grace is enough. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I believe that the Lord would have you to understand the system in which he works and how he works. And so and so Paul steps on the scene and he reminds us that God's revelation Because you would never understand or even comprehend what God is saying through his word unless God first gave you revelation. God cannot be explained. I could stand here and talk to you all day long about who God is. But if his spirit does not dwell in you. You will have zero comprehension and no understanding. Thereby, God has to grant the first move. So he moves his spirit into you. And his spirit comes into you by grace. Because most of us did not ask for it. You just needed it. And you didn't know how much you needed it. You didn't even know that you needed it. You just knew you needed something because the world had consumed you to a point that you almost gave up. But the Lord said, not my child. I reserve grace. And so while you were at your worst, he sent his best. So Paul, Paul, in the beginning of the chapter, he begins to have a vision and he sees, he says he sees the third heaven. And in the third heaven, because there's three, they talk about three parts of heaven. And the first is dealing with what we see where the birds fly. And then the second part is where the sun and the moon dwell. And the third part is where God dwell. And Paul brags. He really doesn't want to brag. So he uses another third person to talk about, oh, yeah, there was a man who saw the third heavens, because he didn't want people to think, oh, he's so holy because Paul knew that God alone is the one who is to be glorified. So Paul didn't want to think of himself to be anything. So he made it like he was a third person. But it was Paul because Paul didn't want to boast. 
He wanted, he wanted to teach a life about pointing people to who Christ was. As a matter of fact, it wasn't his suffering, but all throughout his messages, he's talking about how, how Jesus suffered for us. He, he's this phenomenal teacher as it relates to humility. Because humility is the way that God raises us up. That's why he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he'll raise you up. See, that's one thing about God. You don't have to say, I'm ready to do this. God knows when you're ready. And, and when, 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 when God tells me somebody's ready, I believe him. So you don't have to tell me you're ready. God will tell me that you're ready. See, that's one thing. You don't have to run around and tell people, oh, I'm ready to do this or I'm ready to do that. Because God knows. I've learned, I learned early in ministry to never ask nobody for their pulpit. I learned. Because who am I? To, oh, I'm ready to preach a word. Just let me get up there and preach a word. See, you don't understand what happens when you get behind his desk. If you get behind his desk thinking it's about you, he'll show you that you are nothing. See, when it comes to his desk, I love you enough not to let you preach. Because I understand whose desk that is and who the true preacher it is. And if God tell me there's a word in you for the house, then I'm going to say, hey, God said that you need to stand up here because he has put a word in you. But if you say it, So Paul, 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 Paul is giving us some great teaching here because some of us, God is going to raise up quickly. And when God raises you up, don't think it's you. Because God is raising you up so that he could get more glory from your life. That is God's purpose through your life. You're going to learn more about purpose next month. Y'all ready? Be here and bring your notepad. Uh, but Paul, he, he, he's writing, he's writing. And 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 before before I, I look back at Luke and and Luke is telling us how God worked. And and so we don't want to go through the wilderness. But we want all the blessings of God. But you cannot you cannot walk. Listen, walk next to God without going through a wilderness experience. And so we go through what's called life's issues. And then when you get, listen, when, listen, when you get to a place where God says enough of you and more of me, that's when he says, I got to take you to the wilderness. So he will lead you. What is a wilderness? He will lead you to a place where there's no inhabitation. Where you cannot provide for yourself. A wilderness is a place of nothing. It's desolate. A wilderness is where there's no other humanity. In other words, God will lead you to a place where it could just be you and him. And so Jesus leaves the place of promise to walk into the wilderness because he's being led by the spirit. And some of you are questioning, why did God allow me to go through this? 
God allowed you to go through it so he could produce weakness in you. Because the truth be told, most of us think we're too strong. But how many of you know when God leads you to a wilderness, all of a sudden you can't do nothing? And it's at that point that God's grace becomes more. And so sometimes we'll say, well, oh, God, well, the devil is, and the devil is so busy and I keep hearing how busy the devil is. I don't care nothing about how busy the devil is. Only thing I got to say about the devil being busy is God is busier. And the devil can only do what God allows him to do. He has to get an opportunity from the heavens. And if God don't give him opportunity, he can't come to you. Now you can't get mad at the person that the devil used. Because God allowed it to happen. So if you got a problem, take it to God. Because God can handle your griping. And God knows what to give you. And God will give you grace while you're griping. See, some people won't give you no grace if you talk to them crazy. But you could talk to God crazy and he still give you grace. He could kill you, but he don't. Paul, Paul, Paul writes and he says, I saw, I saw. I, I, I seen this revelation of, of God, and he, and, but he's talking about the third man. And then he said, and then, and then I prayed because Satan buffeted me. Now, now the word buffet means he struck me. He said, now, now he, he, he hit him. Boom. You know, and most of the time, see, because he's the enemy, he don't fight fair. In boxing, they call it hitting below the belt. And, and so when Paul says the enemy, he, he, he hit me and he, he hurt me. And he hurt me so bad that I prayed to God, God, take me out of this. This hurts so bad. Anybody ever been in a position where you got hit with life's issues? And it hurts so bad that you said, God, come and get me out of this hurt and out of this pain. I am tired of hurting. God, take this from me. The Bible said he prayed three, three times. He was dealing, number one. With the flesh man. Because theologians are saying, Paul talked about the hit. Now, now it's one thing to be hit. Bam. And then the pain will go away. But Paul said Satan hit him so hard that it became a thorn. Wait a minute. When a thorn get in you, it hurts as long as it's in you. Paul said the thorn was in my flesh and it was hurting so bad that he cried out to God and said, take this thorn out of my flesh. 
And the theologians are saying, well, he may have had a real bad headache. Or he may have had a really bad disease. Or one of his bones may have been broken. We don't know. Because they were talking about the flesh part. Other theologians, they're talking about uh, the fallen man. That Paul had fallen from God. That he had messed up so bad. That it was hurting him. Anybody ever mess up so bad with God? That it hurts you? That you're messed up? I want to talk to the people who would just be real in here. Because every one of you didn't messed up somewhere, somehow, and another. And God, listen, and you felt so bad about the pain that you felt. Theologians say he, he, he may have had that thorn. Then others say he may have been a figurative thorn where it was talking about the opposition that he was facing. Because Paul, everybody wanted to kill him. He was taking whoopings. They were beating him for talking about Jesus. They were locking him up in jail, treating him like a dog, throwing him and making him shipwrecked. He floating in on broken pieces of wood. Paul was going through the oppositions of life. Anybody ever went through some stuff before? Where life just hands you some bad stuff. And so we don't know which thorn that he was talking about. But God didn't even talk about which thorn it was. God just said, my grace. Quit crying about your thorn. My grace. Quit crying about what they did. My grace. Quit crying about what you did. My grace. Quit talking about what they going to do. My grace. My grace is sufficient. I will give you enough grace that you don't have to worry about nothing else for the rest of your life. If you can get out of you and step into me, my grace. Is all that you need. He says. The system that God used, Jesus was all powerful, but he led him into the wilderness so that God could make him more. And sometimes we see ourselves to be more, but you don't become more without your wilderness. And you complained about the very thing that God has used to bring you to a greater place in him. You complain about what you went through in your flesh. You complain about what you've gone through with persecution and opposition. Am I telling the truth in here? And the ones who persecuted you And the one who's been opposing you, you complain about the very thing that God has chosen to bless you. Oh, it would be okay. It would be okay if you didn't know. But the word of God said that when he got ready to bless his children in Egypt, those were his children. He He had them locked up by a pharaoh and made them work in slavery. 
And then after he brought him out, he led him into a wilderness. Isn't it something how sometimes God will bring you out of something and you could just brag on how what you got when you came out? They had all the silver and all the gold and were bragging about how the, pe- the, the enemy got drowned up in the waters. And they were so focused on what God had done, they forgot about who he was. I want to talk to the people who's ready to look up and see who God is. Stop talking about what he does, what he can do, and just worship him for who he is. My God. Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. My God, the Prince of Peace. My God, my provider. My God, my peace. My God. Every time. God has shown his miraculous, miracle-working power in not only your life, but every one of the patriots in the Bible, they got stuck. Rudy said, stupid. That's what happened. Because they were focused so much on what God had done that they didn't realize that the enemy was coming back at an opportune time. So you can't get caught up on how God delivered you and what you got. You got to get caught up in him. Because if you caught up in him, he releases grace. But if you get caught up in what he did back there, you can't operate in the grace of what he has for you right here. I want to talk about a Kairos moment, a right now moment for you to experience God. And thank him for who he is. Is there anybody who's bold enough and bold enough and bold enough to say, oh, God, I praise you. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God. Ha! And lift it up. Oh God. Oh God. 
Paul, 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 can you help us? Can you help us, Paul? Can you help us stay in a Kairos moment? Paul, 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 he speaks from the heavenlies. He says, he says, in order for you to stay with God, so when the enemy comes back, it don't phase you. He says, you're going to have to boast in your pain. <laughs> Knowing that through your pain, God is working a right now miracle. Paul says, so then, I'm not going to talk to you about how awesome God has been and how God has blessed me. See, because the church has been bragging about their blessing instead of their blessor. And so we've been running around trying to get blessed so we can have bragging rights. Paul said, you fool. The devil is playing you. He says, rather boast in your infirmities. Boast in the pain that you got to go through to get to God. Boast that you need him to get through a right now moment. He said, because... When you can admit that you're weak, the power that comes through grace. Is there anybody in here that can admit they need God? The church is walking around bragging. On how blessed they are. I'm not saying. You can't be happy about what God's done in your life. But God is doing his best work when you're in the most pain. That's why I tell people. When you want to step up to the mantle. And say I'm called to preach. You got to understand the devils that are going to come your way. Because in order to be greatly used by God, you're going to have to be greatly bruised by God. If you understand the methods of God. He said, my strength. I know you're used to a system called your strength. But God says, that's why I afflict you. Because you think you're too much. And you stop depending on me. 
and I don't work through intellect. I work through intimacy. Expose your wound to God and let him be your healer. You go to the doctor. Say, I'm in pain. The doctor says, take your clothes off and let me see it. But yet you come to church and wrap it up all tight. And you won't even expose yourself to a God that can see through your clothes. So stuff is shipwrecked all around you. And you won't expose your weaknesses to God. God says, I know what it is. I allowed you to become weak so that my strength will perfect you. He says, you don't need it and you don't need that. My grace is enough for everything that you have experienced that you will experience and that you are experiencing right now. I know I know that there are some areas that you have yet to expose to God. Some stuff you just accepted. It's just going to be this way. You didn't read about the man that was at the pool that couldn't get himself to the waters when the angels were stirring it up. And he gave up hope. But when you give up, God steps in. I want you to know God wanted you to know that his grace has always been enough. It's enough that his grace will not allow you to hold your head down any longer. The enemy would tell you to look at all of your past mistakes and hurt. See, three areas that the enemy tried to deal with. Those three areas are the same one he's attacking today. But here's the good news. Grace has been put in place for every one of his attacks. I want to talk to the people who believe God. If you believe God, shout Jesus. If you believe God, shout Jesus. Mm -hmm. A few of y'all don't believe him. Now check this out. Here's the, here's the deal. Well, I don't need to shout. Yeah, you do. That's the issue. That's the issue. When you won't shout Jesus, at the name of Jesus. And you wondering how to get those thoughts out of your mind? The power is in your mouth. 
He's graced you to stop thinking crazy. Shout Jesus. Jesus. Who you going to call? Jesus. When the enemy comes up on you, who you going to call? Jesus. When you get a bad thought, who you going to call? Jesus. Who's your ruler? Jesus. Who's your Lord? Jesus. Give him a praise. Let me, let me share this with you. It's a part of my testimony. Some of you haven't heard. I'm a very transparent pastor. Stacy, stand up. If you haven't had a meeting with me, I'm very transparent. I, I welcome you. You can come. You can sit down. I make time. Pastor, without time for the ones who God sends to the ministry, shame on them. Okay? If you need to meet with your pastor, you can give her a call. It's on, it's on the bulletin every month. You can call her, set an appointment. If, if she take too, too long, then you pull my coat and say, hey, she's taking too long. But she ain't going to take too long. All right. Here, here, here's the God, listen, I have every reason to have a pity party. Every reason. And I was going through life. I could have a pity party on all the pain that I caused others. I could really have a pity party. But Grace. Let me share something with you. I was so out there that it had to be a God to get me in the house. I wasn't raised that way, but through the hurts and pains of life and the lies that the devils were telling me. See, a lot of us think a devil going to come looking like an evil spirit. I learned that the devil looks like Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) Through all of life issues and pain that I was going through, I had a dad that made sure I got to Sunday school. I wasn't getting the word, but it was getting me. It was a built up reservoir of grace. Grace was being deposited in me so that when I got out in the world, I had to come back because of what was in me. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that I caused my mother a whole lot of sleepless nights. And I could have a pity party about that. Because the last thing a boy want to do is hurt his mama. And I'm so glad That even though I didn't want to go, they brought me anyway. 
God works that way. I'm saying that because grace that saved her was the same grace that's saving me. And the same grace that's saving my children. And the same grace that's going to save their children. And the same grace that's going to save my children's children's children to their children. That grace is all you need. That grace, it's enough. You don't got to beg God. You don't got to plead with God. But you do have to believe God. The moment you make up your mind to just believe God, the devil will have no more influence over you. It's not rocket scientists. It's a system. That's why the devil could not win. He tempted him for 40 days. I don't know how long he's been talking to you, but I know he's been talking to you. And then he'll let something happen in your life, and then he'll whisper something else to you. And you've entertained it. Every time a negative thought comes into you, you ought to shout Jesus. Some of you should have shouted right then. <laughs> Listen, this is not a fight against people. The Spirit is gearing you up to how to defeat the enemy. Listen, he'll come to you in your dreams and you'll shout Jesus in your dream and he'll leave. He will depart from you because of Jesus. Do you believe it? Is his grace enough for you? Everybody rest to your feet. It's time to go.